Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, Paul had to ask the church in Galatia, You ran well, but who hindered you? Paul asked this question as he was discovering that the church had become religious and they were attempting to fulfill the law in order to be justified rather than walking in the grace that comes through Christ. Today we continue our series, A New Year, A New Me, with a message titled, Do Not Be Hindered. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the broadcast. The point, amen? Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. A new year, a new me means I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have a new purpose. My purpose is singular. I have one purpose and one purpose alone, and that is to walk in love. That's my purpose. Some people want to find a purpose on the task that you do, but those are things that you do and not your purpose. Your purpose as a new creation in Christ Jesus is to walk in love. Now, that is important to to grasp, not just mentally, but it's important to grasp that spiritually because the spiritual reality of that being my purpose then puts me in position that no matter what I physically do, I do it with my purpose in mind. In other words, I don't do anything just because. I do everything by love. Everything, every single thing I do, I got to do it by love. And that is important because there are situations in life in which if we're not motivated by love, we will find ourselves caught in misunderstandings and pursuing things for the wrong reasons. So an example was I had a friend who I went to uh, high school with. And when he and I were in high school, he had a desire in mind. And his desire was to do something very specific. He wanted to do this thing and he went and did it. And he did it all kinds of ways. He did everything. He did every kind of way he could do this thing. He did it. He was never satisfied. He had a desire. And he had means, gifts, and talents which made it available. He did it, but he never was satisfied doing it. And he got to a certain point in life, he started questioning, man, what would, you know, maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I missed this. I'm doing this. Maybe I'm supposed to be doing something else. And he jumped to thing after thing after thing. He couldn't fa- figure out what to do afterwards. Why? Because he knew what the what was. He didn't know the why. And so sometimes we know the what, but we don't know the why. And because we don't know the why, when we get in the middle of the what, when we get frustrated or discouraged, we don't have anything to anchor us. Mm, You need a why to anchor you into something. And the why needs to be when you're a new creation that the why is because of love. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, that Jesus, he bore the shame of the cross because of the love that was in him. In other words, he loved us enough to bear the problems that come with the cross, the suffering that comes with the cross. Because if you have all power in your hands and you're able to get off the cross at any minute, the only thing that will keep you up there is a purpose to be there. And his purpose was love. That's why last week when we looked at the elements of love, those different characteristics, those things that describe love, we got down into those things. We found out that love doesn't fail. Why doesn't it fail? It doesn't fail because it can't fail. Because of what it is. Amen? Love cannot fail. Now, we're going to look at the book of Galatians chapter 5. If you're there, say, praise the Lord, I'm ready for this. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 7. And I want you to think about this passage in the context of love. Now, today when we were standing here, I was praying in the Holy Spirit. When Tracy was saying, somebody has the word, the Lord told me who had the word. So I asked the person to go up and with the word, and they gave the word. And then we got into the got into the worship a little more. And the Lord says, somebody else got something to say. The Lord told me and they came up and they had something to say. And they said exactly what I'm going to say today. Amen. Amen. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. Three witnesses. You need to hear this. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Today's message is titled, Don't Be Hindered. Do not be hindered. Don't let something hinder you from what God has called you to do. What God is showing you to do. What God is revealing to you through his word what you are called to do. Don't let anything hinder you from walking in the new creation life that God has called you to. Because everything will try to hinder you. Everything will try to discourage you. Everything will try to hold you down. Everything will try to get you off of what God said. But you cannot allow yourself to be hindered. How many of you know what hindering is? We know what hindering is, right? So let's look closely here. Verse 8. This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind But he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. All right, let's explain this. Paul has been talking to the Galatians church. And when CJ came up, CJ was actually, when he was actually talking, he was talking about Galatians chapter four. And he was talking about that, that he gave the story about the dog and the stake, right? So that's the hindrance. The hindrance is being latched to the law when the law is anchored somewhere and you're hindered by the law and you keep trying to follow the law. You keep trying to follow the law and eventually you give up because you figure out the law will only take me so far and I just settle into religion. I settle into religion. I settle into religious ways of doing this. I show up on Sunday because that's what I'm supposed to do. I, I pray every day because that's what I'm supposed to do. I fast because they said to fast. I do this because they said to that. I get into a system of religion and I lose the truth of what I'm supposed to be motivated by. And that is love and not law. And we get caught into religion because that's what happened to the Galatian people. They were taught about grace and they were taught about the love of God. And all of a sudden, the Judaizers came in there and they start telling them, you know what? You have this new gospel, but you need to get circumcised. You need to follow the Jewish law. You need to submit yourself unto the Jewish law. You need to do, follow all the laws. That's what you got to do. And so they got confused. And so the people of Galatia got totally confused and Paul had to say, you were doing well. Who hindered you? You were doing so well. You were walking in the grace of God. You were honoring God. You were blessing people. You were doing the things, all the things that you're called to do. You were doing all those things, but then all of a sudden you got religious. What happened to you? I didn't leave you with all this religion. Where did all this come from? You guys are following, now you guys are following stars and you guys are, where where does all that come from? I told you Christ and him crucified and I left it there. Where did all this other craziness come from? Even with giving in the church, we have all these things. I was teaching this class one time and we're talking about giving and I'm listening to the person asking questions and, and I said, I said, when you give, are you mad when you give? And they sat there for a second. Listen close, listen close. They sat there for a second and said, yeah, I am. I said, why are you mad? They said, I'm mad because we're giving to God and our kids don't have shoes. I said, well, you need to stop giving. And it's like, what? We're expecting you to say that. Yeah, I'm saying that. Because giving should come out of the heart. Let everything be done with love. And if you can't give out of love, you should stop giving. 
And guess what? The church exists because of what people give. But guess what? If you can't give in love, stop giving because it's better that you not give. Do you know what organization in the United States receives the most, I'll call it an offering, to do good works? No. It's the United States government. And you give beyond a tithe to them. You give a tax to them. And we talked about this in Bible study the other week. They receive millions of dollars to do good works, but their good works always get goofed up. You know why their good works always get goofed up? Why do you think their good works? You tell me. Y'all tell me. What's that? You, you was in the room, so who else? Who else wasn't who, who was that Bible study can answer the question? <laughs> it's because the money's cursed. Because the money is given grudgingly and the grud- money is giving out of necessity. You give because it's need to give. You, you give taxes because you have to give. And so the money that the government received is cursed because it's coming out of everybody's hands grudgingly. And so the money can't prosper because the money has already been cursed. So why would we do that in the church? Why would, we say, why would we trick people and make people give in church and then they give curses in the church and then the church can't prosper? And then church becomes as confused as the government does. So it's better that we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our mind and we give according to what God says in his word. We give out of honor to God and not out of obedience to people. Because then both the blesser and the blessed receives the blessing. See, what I want to do today is I want to challenge everything that hinders you. I want to challenge mindsets that hinder us. I want to challenge mindsets that stop us from really walking in the things of God. Because if we can't challenge our mindsets, we just keep on replicating religion. And I'm not interested in leading a religious church. (laughs) I'm really not. I'm really not interested in leading a religious church. So you know what that means? That means all of us have to be ready to submit ourselves to God. To submit ourselves to God. You ran well, but who hindered you? And he had to come back and say, I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have what? No other mind. Not that you do a bunch of things, but that you get your mind right concerning God. See, sometimes we, we, we judge each other by what we see of each other, not knowing where people start from or where they're going. A pastor told a story one time. He told a story about a church. A young lady got saved and she was, uh, you know, got saved and was excited about getting saved and showed up at church. And she tried, decided she was going to wear the best thing she had. So all she happened to have was a party dress. Y'all know what I'm talking about? A party dress. So she wore her party dress to church because that's the best thing she had. And how people started judging and instead of just just giving her some space to understand if she's around everybody else long enough, she'll get a feel for what we wear to church. But somebody had to get her straight the first day. And they got her straight and they never saw her again. Why? Because they were trying to do the religious thing. Religious thing is you don't come into the house of the Lord wearing that. And we're going to make sure you understand that so you don't ever walk in the house of the Lord like that again. You're going to be tempting these men in here. Well, these men need to get their eyes on Jesus. If the men already been here and they know about Jesus, they need to get their eyes on Jesus. Amen? 
she will learn if we give her space to learn. If we make her a disciple, she will learn. Just like everybody else will learn if we let them become disciples of Jesus Christ. If they learn. Jesus was the friend of tax collectors and prostitutes and people, other people that will have nothing to do with. How could he do that? Because he didn't scare them away with religion. He told them about the kingdom. And as he preached the kingdom to them, their minds got renewed. And when their minds got renewed, then they said, oh, I will follow you. And eventually I'll become a fisher of men. Because when I go fish, I won't take religion to be my bait. I'll take the love that Jesus showed me to be the bait. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I won't be hindered. Let's go to Galatians 1, 5, chapter 1. Uh, excuse me, 5, verse 1. We're going to go, I don't want to take you deeper into this because I want you to understand where this whole thing is coming from. Now, what he said to his disciples, or excuse me, what Paul said to the Galatian church when he began this conversation, we picked up in verse 7 because I wanted you to get an understanding that, you know what, you can be running well and something can hinder you. But he had to, I'm going to start you now with where he started the conversation. And he started it with, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again into a yoke of bondage or with a yoke of bondage. What is the liberty where Jesus has made us free? It's called grace. The liberty that Jesus has made us free is grace. Now, here's what people get mixed up. They say, man, if there's grace, that means I never have to worry about sinning again because I have grace. And so I can do whatever I want to do because I have grace. And the answer to that is, at a certain point, grace should make you not want to do some things you used to do. Grace would start to make you see why I don't need to do what I used to do because what I used to do is going to hinder me. But he says, stand therefore in the liberty, the freedom in which Christ has made you free. Tell your neighbor, say, do you know Jesus made you free? Amen. Amen. Have y'all heard about, have y'all heard this before today? Earlier in the day, have you heard these words? Amen. They were in my notes and they were in their hearts. Because it's the word of the day. The word of the day is be free. The word of the day is really accept your freedom. Accept who you are. Accept your fullness of freedom. Don't be entangled again into a yoke of bondage. And what is a yoke of bondage? It is religion. Religion is the yoke of bondage that he's talking about here. Don't get caught up again into this whole thing. And then how can I know that for sure he's talking about religion because of the rest of the passage? Amen. Indeed, verse two, indeed, I, Paul, Paul, the apostle, indeed, I, Paul, the apostle say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. In other words, if you get Deep into religion, you're wasting your time with Christ. The more religious you become, the less Christ will be meaningful to you. Because eventually, your religion will become a group of laws. And you'll forget that Jesus saved you by grace. And you'll start setting your laws as hurdles for people to jump over before you'll accept whether or not they're really saved. If you become circumcised, and for the Jewish people, circumcision was the true mark of whether you were born to their religion. And you had to be born into the religion, the Jewish religion by heritage, received it and be circumcised on the eighth day when you were a child, or you had to be a grown man and submit to it, which means you had to be serious. Can all the brothers say amen? You ain't faking Judaism if you get circumcised as a grown man. <laughs> we adults, we can handle this, right? 
You going to fake, you going to fake Judaism? And they say, okay, you ready to be circumcised? Uh, I was just kidding. <laughs> In a tent with a dirty knife? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, amen for grace. Amen. Verse three. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised, he's a debtor to keep the whole law. Not only are you going to have to get circumcised, you're going to have to follow every part of the law. Every part of the law. Circumcised, no more pork chops. No more bacon. No more gumbo. Because you can't eat shrimp and you can't eat crab. If it doesn't have fins and scales, you've got to leave it alone. That means, matter of fact, you see, you slipped a catfish in it. No, the catfish does not have fins and he does not have scales. So he can't be, he can't be it. <laughs> the whole law, you've got to follow it. And the ladies... When your time of the month came, you got to leave the city. You got to go outside the gate. What? It's in the law. And nobody's supposed to touch you when your time comes. What? Yes, it's in the law. And the priest, he's got to wear the right clothes and he's got to have them just right prepared and he's got to wear the right thing. He's got to have the right thing on it. All of these laws and all of these rules. And there's a rule about owning property and there's a rule about this and this and that. There's all kinds of, all the whole book of Leviticus is filled with laws and rules that had to be followed. And if you want to now become circumcised or become religious to follow God, then you need to follow the whole thing. See, we don't realize what grace has been bestowed on us. We think that grace is just, oh God, God says he forgives you. It's not just his forgiveness. He lowers his requirements. It's not just he forgives us. He changes the requirements laid against you. I know people who can't get into certain places because they don't have the right credentials. And God said, I'll let you into heaven if you don't have the right credentials. <laughs> so what? You weren't born in the right place. So what? You don't have this. So what? You don't have those. I put my grace on you. And not only do I put my grace that you can get into heaven, I bestow grace that while you're living in the earth, you have access and boldness to the throne of grace to me. Access to God. To talk to God face to face. Amen? Verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You who accept, excuse me, attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Anytime you attempt to be justified by law, you fall from the grace of God. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of the righteousness by what? faith for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love so all of a sudden in this whole dialogue about, dialogue about religion love shows up again because love is what God is all about love is what God is all about so our whole point here is to shake ourselves out of religion. Shake ourselves out of religion. Now we talked about last week about how Jonah was gifted from God. A man of God, a person of God. Here's the voice of God, but he had no love and he was angry when God led people to repentance. So what was going on? His heart was still 
in religious problem. He was still wrestling with the truth about who he is and about what he's there for. Is he there just for the Jews or for whoever God says to go to? God's call for us is to move our minds to think differently, to become transformed by the renewing of our mind, to be changed so that we have a mindset that is always focused on what does God have for me to do? Who has God called me to reach? Who has God called me to love on, to bless, and to be different than? And when we're struggling to find our purpose, the way to find your purpose is to activate your love. When you activate your love, when you activate the love in your spirit, what happens is, is you begin to see things differently. When you start to activate the love of God in your heart, you get off of religion. You get off of those thoughts about, am I an apostle? Am I a prophet? Am I this? No, who cares about what I, all of that? That's religion again. When people are trying to define themselves and trying to say, you know what, call me so-and-so. No, I'm calling you by your name. Your mama called you that, so I'm going to call you that. (laughs) Why are you defining? Let people define who you are. When you operate in love and you let the gifts of God flow out of you, then they will put a label on you. You never have to label yourself. Look at this. Let's look some more. I'm going to take you somewhere and I'm going to shake your mind. Amen? Verse 7. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? When we talked about love, love does not rejoice in iniquity, it rejoices in the truth. That's what love does. Love rejoices in the truth. Who hinders you? What is hindering you? What is getting in the way of you being all that God has called you to be? Because I guarantee when you find what it is, you'll find a liar speaking a lie. I guarantee you when you find out where you're hindered in walking with God, you'll find something or someone that is whispering something that has got you off track. I told you, I shared with you guys, we had a Bible study one night and, and the significance of it didn't really register until God got me into this series. And all of a sudden I started realizing what the enemy did. We had a Bible study one night, almost four years ago. We're in the Bible study and there's a person that come to our church and the person was getting loved on and the person was bruised and hurt when they came to the church and they were, they were receiving the love and they said these words and I didn't realize how significant it was. They said, how will you keep the love going? You can't keep the love going. You can do it now, but you can't do it later. And when they said those words, I didn't realize the significance of what they're saying and what the seeds were going See, what was spoken out of the person's mouth was, you know what, you're living in this grace and this love of God, but this grace and love of God can't exist because you guys are going to mess it up. And they planted a seed, and I didn't realize it, is that the seed lodged in a couple of people in the room. And when that seed lodged in the room, it took some longer than others. But when it fully bloomed, they all had the same words in their mouth because it came from the same tree. I didn't realize it when it happened. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But then when I looked at this passage, it's like you ran well. Who hindered you? I saw what hindered them. I saw what got hindered. I saw the question mark that got lodged in somebody's head and they couldn't get rid of it because they didn't continue to renew their mind by meditating on the word. And so an old seed from an unrenewed source got in their, got in their garden and they let it grow. Now, it could have been cut off if they continued in the word, if they continued putting it in the word. But you get sometimes religious and you stop getting in the word and you just start doing religious stuff. And so you can't choke out the ungodly stuff because you're actually just working on the resource that you had in the past. It took me a long time. I knew it with my head, but I didn't know it in my spirit. And then the Lord had to reveal, you know what? You got to understand, son. You got to understand when seeds get planted, 
they always grow bigger than what the seed is. If you let a weed grow, it will never stay in the garden alone. Selah. <laughs> if you let a weed grow, it will never stay there alone. It will multiply because the seeds will multiply. And guess what? You don't get mad at people. You understand what the seed is and you start planting new seeds over the top of it. You start planting seeds that will choke out that seed. Amen. You're going to start planting new seeds in that place. And so that that thing doesn't take root and cause problems for other people. It works in any environment. If two people at work. And one of them said, I hate this job. I hate this job. You know what happens to the person next to them? Even if the person next to them doesn't hate the job, that word actually registered with something that they, they don't like. And it hits an accord, but then they go, I don't like this job either. <laughs> and then next thing you know, 10 people say, I hate this job. I hate this job. I hate this job. You hate this job. I hate the job too. You know what? I always hated this job. I've hated this job for the last 25 years I've been here. I hate this job. And next thing you know, you have a poison environment. A toxic environment. Why? Because one person said, I hate this job. And we don't realize it, but your words have power. Your words have so much power because your words are not just natural. Your words carry a spirit behind them. Your words carry something behind them. And when you speak a word, that word is out there and it is registering. Do you know how many earthquakes happen in, 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 in any given day in the state of California? There's earthquakes that happen every single day. It's just some go under the radar. Some you don't feel, but they're actually happening. Every single day there are multiple earthquakes in the state of California. We don't feel them until they get big. But what that means is, is that every time there's an earthquake, there's some kind of movement under the ground. There's always, always some kind of movement on the ground. You may be conscious of it, not be conscious of it, but there's always movement under the ground. The same way every word you speak has power and it registers somewhere, you may not feel it, but sooner or later, if there's enough of those words, it will cause the big one to happen. Right. <laughs> and the big one may be an emotional outburst or something else that happens, but it becomes a hindrance to where we're trying to go. Amen. Let's skip over to, um, let's skip over to verse 13. Let's go to verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I want to stop right here because once again, the word love is here. You have not been given grace in order to do whatever you want to do. You've actually been grace, given grace in order to love one another. Through love, serve one another. Through the love of God, serve one another. Through the love of God, we're to serve one another. Through the love of God, we are to serve. We're to become blessings to people by the love of God. And if you want to know what true religion is, it's taking care of the widows and orphans, which means what? That means you're loving on people who don't have a power to give to you back. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love true religion. What is it? Take care of the widows and the orphans. Can you take care of the people who can't bless you back? Can you get in the position where you can love on people who can't love you back? Some people you're going to pour out love on and you're going to want them to love you back and they can't love you back. They're not capable of loving you back. And you got to be ready to just pour the love of God out. Let the love of God flow. Let the love of God. But where am I going to get the love of God from? I need to be loved. You are loved. You got to receive the love of God. You got to receive the love of God. Let the love of God come into your life. Let the love of God start to touch you. And when that love of God starts to touch you, then you can pour out love. But if you try to pour out your human love, you're going to run out of gas. Paul said, who hindered you? 
Who hindered you? Verse 14, for the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. When the enemy gets us in a position where we bite and devour each other, it's not long before collapse comes. He can get, if he can get husbands and wives to bite and devour each other, it ain't long. If he can get us to not walk in love to each other and get, get us adversaries with each other, it's not long. If he can get people fighting and arguing with each other, not serving each other in love, but getting us back into that same old mindset. And I know you know what I'm telling you, but I want you to get it in your spirit. Because the spirit has to be the one that receives it, what I'm telling you. Your spirit has to be the one that actually takes a hold of what I'm telling you. Because in your mind, you know the right thing to do. But when you get under pressure, your flesh will speak for you. I, I, I love God. I love God. I gave my life to Jesus and I just said, I gave up everything and I went and I served the Lord. One day I was in the store with me loving God. Matter of fact, I was listening to gospel in the car. And I went into the store and the lady behind the counter ignored me four or five times. And in my mind, I'm thinking I'm six foot six inches tall. I'm standing here and I know that woman see me. I know she sees me. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I love God though. I love God. And the fifth time she act like she didn't see me. Uh, excuse me. You know you see me here. It went from silent to who? Why? Because I got hindered. I got into the flesh. I let that I let the situation author my emotions and I let the situation get me to where I'm watching and I'm getting mad every time she walked by I'm getting mad instead of, instead of when she walked by me the first time saying excuse me uh, I'm here I'm gonna wait and see what she gonna do <laughs> I'm not saying that and she knows she she knows she see me here so my pride is now making me not handle it in the simplest fashion but instead, I'm going to wait and see what she's going to do. And, you know, she probably thought to herself, she walked by me. He didn't say anything. He must still be looking. So instead of me thinking that's what's going on, I'm going to make it a, well, you know, why, she, why, she, why she ain't paying no attention to me? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Simple thing can hinder you when you're not operating in the spirit. When we're not in the spirit, simple things can hinder us. And we have to be aware of the fact that there's always something trying to hinder you when God has given you a mission to walk in love. So why was I upset with the woman? Because if I'm loving her, why am I worried about me? If I'm loving her and say, excuse me, you might be busy, but can you help me for a second? Why couldn't I just say, acknowledge the fact that she might be busy? Why, 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 did I, why, why is it all about me? It's about me because I was born a sinner. That's why it's about me. <laughs> and you were born a sinner too. And it's about you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Are y'all with me today? Yes. <laughs> if you're going to be a new creation, you have to deal with some old things. And some of them don't, think, don't seem like they're big. But they're hindrances. They're hindrances. And you don't change them because of religious things. You don't change them because I'm supposed to be a Christian, so I'm going to be nice. No, no, no. You need to let your heart be changed. Let your heart be changed. So that when you walk into a place, you're looking around to see what needs are in the place. You're assessing for what's going on around you. You're starting to see what's in, instead of going in and saying, well, who's going to serve me? We found out we had a restaurant that we adopted. Me and Tammy adopted this restaurant. We were going there all the time. 
And sometimes we get good service, sometimes we get bad service, but we treated people the same no matter what because we adopted it and we started praying for the people in there and we started blessing the people in there and we started finding what their kids needed for Christmas. We bought Christmas presents for the people that worked in there. Why? Because we are trying to be a blessing. We're not going to be served. We're going to serve. We're going to get some food in this place where we're going to serve. Amen? I'm talking about a new creation mindset. I'm talking about changing your mind. Changing your mind to love God first and love people. I'm talking about changing your mind. And guess what? Your mind is going to fight you. Your mind is going to fight you to do it. Your mind is going to push back on you to, de- to go and be a blessing everywhere you go. To let everything you do, to do it in love. It's going to fight you. Your mind will fight you tooth and nail to do it because your mind still wants to take care of you. <laughs> Praise the Lord, ch- saints. Verse 16. I don't have it in the deck. We're going to go to verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When your flesh wants to rise, you got to get into the spirit. The spirit is where the love of God is. God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is love means God is a spirit. God is love. Love is what? Spiritual. Love is not natural. Love is not the actions that you take. Love is spirit. Love is from the spirit. It has to come from the spirit. Phileo love or friendly love is the natural human attraction and connection that we have with other people. And guess what? I had phileo with my brothers and my sister. I have phileo with my friends. I have phileo with the people I played sports with. I have phileo with my brothers, my, you know, people I was in the military with. I have phileo for all of them. I love you like a brother. But there's a love that comes from God that comes out of the spirit, which is what we're trying to release into the world. Because that love will transform nations. That love will transform environments. That love will allow us to go places where we should not be able to go because the favor of God will follow us when we have the love of God going before us. That is the love that's going to empower people in this room to become millionaires, not because of their desire for money, but because of their desire to be a blessing. (laughs) The reason people in this room are going to become wealthy is not because they want to do stuff for themselves. It's because the spirit of God is going to use them to bless people. I'm going to say it one more time. The reason why God is going to bless people in this room to be financially fully engaged is because he's going to use them to operate with love to be a blessing. I only need a couple of y'all to catch it. Because <laughs> I'm not just talking. I'm telling you what the word says. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the spirit. What happens when you walk in the spirit? When you walk in the spirit, all the things of God become evident to you. At the end of slavery... Tuskegee University was founded at the end of slavery because when the slaves were set free, what are they supposed to do? So a man asked God, what do I do? And God told him, you're going to found this university and you're going to look for the poorest. You're going to look for the poorest people. And when they began going out, they found 
kids that were naked, that had nothing, and they brought them into Tuskegee. And they began training them. And they began giving them the word of the Lord. And they began encouraging and building them up and training them and giving them information and understanding. And they start pouring into them. And 20 years later, there were more millionaires produced by Tuskegee than there were by Harvard. You know why? Because they didn't care. They built, they owned thousands of acres. Why? Because the acreage was given to them because a vision was born not for the person, but for the people they were serving. And because of who they chose to serve, because they extended themselves, what happened? Resources began to come in. And a university was founded from nothing. Not because somebody had money, but because somebody had a word from God. And people around them caught the vision. They caught the vision. They caught the vision. They caught the vision of not religion, but the vision of building people, the vision of blessing people, the vision of loving people enough to grab them and bring them in and care for them and love on them and pour into them and make sure that they became successful because if you're here, we're going to take care of you. But you can't do that and focus on you. You can't do that and have your eyes on yourself. You can't do it. It has to be a turning of the eyes a walking in the spirit in order to one, hear supernatural from God and number two, have supernatural love pour out of you so that you can move when God says move. That's how the South was changed. That's how the South was transformed, amen? We know about the Tuskegee Airmen but Tuskegee produced a lot of other things besides pilots. (laughs) Go to first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. See, I'm trying to plant some seeds in you. I'm deliberately trying to plant some seeds in you because I need you to understand that God can use you to do awesome things. I need you to understand that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. For that not to just be a passage, but that actually to be a reality that you can grasp onto. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse, uh, we're going to look at verse, uh, let's go to verse uh, 12 and 13. Verse 12 uh, Uh, Excuse me, we're going to go to uh, verse 13 and 14. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it's for you. In other words, if you think I'm crazy, it's for God. (laughs) If you think I'm making sense, then I'm talking to you. If you think I'm crazy, then just mark it down. Oh, he's talking to God again. But if it's making sense to you, then I'm talking to you. Verse 14, for the love of Christ constrains us. The love of Christ constrains us. You know what Jesus did? Jesus took 12 ignorant men, fishermen, carpenters, tax collectors. And tax collector is not the IRS kind of tax collector. This is like a bouncer. They look for a big guy who can force people to give their taxes to the government. And if you get, if you get crazy about not giving your taxes, he can could, he could make sure you're going oh, to give your tax today. That's the kind of person that was a tax collector. Zealots. In other words, crazy religious people. They were off. They were all told anti. You know what? Down on Judaism, up on whatever we got. 
He picked 12 crazy people. 12 goofy, off the cuff, uneducated, don't know nothing about Judaism people. And that's who he chose to lead a new move of God. And why did he choose them? He chose them because ultimately he knew that they would learn how to love. That they would learn how to love God and then love people enough. He loved them enough that Paul, he knew Paul would eventually become a kind of person who couldn't follow Jesus directly because he was too caught up in his religion, but eventually would get his religion snatched out of him and would begin to love Gentiles who the Jews hated. Why? Because he was there to do something, to change their environment, to bring something new to them. And guess what? You're a seed. You're a seed to do something new. You are a seed to do something new. Amen? And why? It's because the love of Christ is going to constrain you. It's going to push you in a direction. The love of Christ, when you get this love in your spirit, it's going to start pushing you in directions to want to do things that you don't want to do right now. Things that you don't want to take time for. It's going to push you. It's going to get you in a position where you start loving on people and you can't help yourself but to do something because of the love of God in your heart, in your mind. Not because of you, but because of the love in you. And I'm telling you right now, the love of God is constraining you. It's going to push you. It's going to make you do something. And your mind is going to fight it. But Paul said, I'm confident in you of better things. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Verse 13, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Verse 14, let all that you do be done with love. Let all that you do be done with love. All that you do be done with love. Is all that you do done with love? I'm not afraid of silence. And we're not going to leave this room under condemnation either. But we are going to challenge our mind. We're going to challenge our heart. We're going to challenge our heart. Let all that you do be done with love. Show verse 13 again, please. Watch. Stand fast where? In the faith. Faith and love are going to walk hand in hand. And the problem is in the church is that we started getting faith and start putting our love away. And, and over the years, not the last 20 years or so, the church started believing God for me and not believing God for people. And so we got into this big thing in church where we believe in God for houses and cars and land and all kinds of stuff. And we did all kinds of stuff and we didn't go back and touch the people who needed to be touched. Because we operated faith without the fullness of love. But what we're going to do is we're going to operate faith and love together. And we're going to grow ourselves as we grow other people as well. As we grow others, as we bless others, as we change the environment for other people. As we strengthen ourselves with might in the inner man and see God do a new work. Let me close you with this. Paul told them, who hindered you? How did Paul know they were hindered?
See, Paul knew what he was teaching them. He was teaching them the kingdom, but he saw their hindrance because all of a sudden he saw them get caught onto so many other things. When the enemy comes through and he begins to work on people, he never works on you for things you hate. The enemy, never, the enemy never tries to trick you with things you hate. Hey, if you bow down and worship to me, I'll give you the keys to this pinto. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Why would the devil tempt you with things you hate or things you ain't interested in? Why would he come at you with that stuff? Yeah. That won't work. He comes at you with things that register with you. He comes at you with stuff that 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 feeds into your ego or feeds into your 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 wounds or whatever the case may be. He comes at you with that kind of stuff. And when he comes at you with those things, he's coming at you with those things to hinder you. He comes at you with your fears. He comes at you with the things that, that will stop you from going forward with God. That come forward. That, that's what the enemy's coming after you with. The enemy's not going to come after you with, you know what? Uh, no, I'm not going to use the example. Never mind. He's not coming at you to make you happy. He's coming after you to tempt you to get off of track. Off track with God. If he can get you off track, then he's hindered you. And all the things that God wants to do through you can't be done. I love you guys. I always appreciate when you guys bless us in one way or another. I always appreciate it. But I'm always cautious. And the reason I'm cautious is because I don't want to get to where my expectation becomes a you blessing me. If you choose to bless me, praise the Lord. But I never want to get in a position where I start demanding the blessing. Because sooner or later, when you start demanding the blessing, people are going to give out of religion. Time to give again. Oh, Lord. Oh. I have someone very dear to me. They always call me and tell me, when they have their church's appreciation because he got to tell us the same thing every time. <laughs> he going to tell us the same thing. He don't want to do it. He don't want to be involved in it. And he ain't doing it. <laughs> and then he does it anyway. <laughs> but guess what? When he does it grudgingly, it curses the gift. It curses the gift. We don't want the gift's curse. We want the flow of what God has for us. And God is going to bless us in a way that as we start getting our mind renewed, getting our heart with love, God will start allowing us supernaturally to see circumstances and situations and give us the power to see the solutions. And when we see the solutions and we write the vision and we make it plain and it's motivated by the love of God, then when we write the vision and we start preparing ourselves to talk about it, when we speak it out, God will then start sending the resources to it to make sure it gets where it needs to go. Because God will always work his word to perform his word. And when our gifts are matched with God's love and we start hearing from God, we'll start seeing things and God will give us inventions and God will give us new things and God will give us programs and God will give us things to do. God will give us buildings to do what we need to do when we see and we operate by the love of God and not by our ambition, but the love of God. And that's what I'm going to pull out of you. I want to pull out the love of God because I know you got love. I know you got things in your heart that you know need to happen and I want to see it pull out of you. And my job is not to do it. And my problem has been that I think I'm supposed to do everything and I'm not. And I got to stop trying to do everything and I got to start pulling stuff out of people who it's in. So if I start pulling on you, it's because I know you got something in you. 
Tell your neighbor, say, I might make him pull you. Because <laughs> I'm being changed. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, you're getting transformed. Praise God and thanks for listening. Today's message was titled, New Year, New Me, Part 8, Do Not Be Hindered. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at alwc.us. On our site, you'll find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is alwc.us. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash abundantlifeworship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.